You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by the exceptionally talented Perry Goldstein. And we are still right in that kind of last couple weeks of the true off season before free agency, before really any news breaks, before we hear about tampering. Um, so this week we thought what we would do is take a look at the NFC North rivals, the Vikings, the Lions, and the Bears, and see what their cap situations look like. Because we know the Packers are not in a really great cap situation, but neither is the rest of the NFC North. So the Packers have that going for them, which is nice. Perry Goldstein, how are you? And let's talk salary cap. Yeah, I'm sick of this. <laughs> I'm ready for some like real uh, player news. No, it's interesting. It's definitely, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've learned a lot um, mm-hmm. through this and kind of the business side of the NFL, which is not something that I previously knew a lot about. So it's definitely cool. Um, helps you understand um, just like front offices, decision-making processes. Um, but yeah, it is nice to see, not that it's nice that everyone's in a bad cap situation, but it does, it is nice to see that it's not the Packers. They're not alone in this sort of precarious situation. Um, a lot of teams are, it's actually, if you aren't in a bad cap spot, you're a minority in the league right now. Uh, and the rest of the NFC North is also, even though the Packers have, I think the worst situation of the four at the moment. Yeah, at the, I think at the moment is like a really important caveat there because yes, asterisks. Yeah, it seems like the Packers can do quite a bit with their cap as far as restructuring, and I know we'll talk about that. So actually, you know what? Let's just dive right into that. We'll talk about the Vikings first, and kind of in the pre-show, we had talked a little bit about restructuring. So, you know, the same way we're thinking that maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to get a restructure from the Packers. Kirk Cousins right now has a dead cap hit of $41 million. So obviously there's no way that the Vikings are moving on from him, which is great news for other fans of the NFC North. But his cap hit the season is still $31 million. So yeah. some some thoughts on Kirk Cousins or I guess even the rest of kind of their, their pending big name players. Yeah, the Vikings are $9.5 million over the cap, which is second worst behind the Packers. And like you said, I think Kirk Cousins is like the biggest reason why, right? He has $31 million cap hit. Um, 
and they, it would make sense for them to restructure it. If the Packers are thinking about restructuring Rogers' deal at 37 million cap hit, you know, why would you not do that for Kirk Cousins either? Again, that's just if Kirk Cousins agrees to that. But if it frees up some money for them to potentially sign somebody else or just have some wiggle room when it, when it comes to free agency later uh, down the line, then I think that's something that they should do. Their next biggest are Danelle Hunter, Anthony Barr, Riley Reef and Adam Thielen. Then you have Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. So these all, all the players that I just listed are over 10 million cap hits. So they're pretty hefty, but they're also their biggest star players. So makes sense. Um, I think the one thing that jumped out to me the most was that Anthony Harris is a free agent, a pendant free agent. And I imagine a guy like that is going to garner a good bit of money. He deserves it for sure. And based off of what the Vikings have in the bank, AKA nothing, uh, it feels like they can't pay Anthony Harris, you know, what he would potentially garner on the open market. But for the Vikings, I wouldn't want to lose my safety tandem. That is pretty much the only thing that was consistent on the defense this past season. So it definitely puts them in an interesting spot. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things too, I think when we're looking at the Vikings, obviously Kirk Cousins, a restructure makes a ton of sense. They're in the same position that the Packers are. And I mean, every team is that we're going to talk about in the NFC North, where there are some players who look like they very much could be cap casualties. And I think one of the names that's kind of circulating right now around the Vikings is tight end Kyle Rudolph. And his cap hit right now is almost 10 million, uh, but his dead cap is only 4 million. So if you think about kind of the savings there, as much as it sucks to eat some of that money, that makes him sense for them as far as maybe restructuring, especially if they're confident in some of their other tight ends on the roster, like Irv Smith. It just makes sense, I guess, for both sides, even though I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that Kyle Rudolph has said that he would love to stay with the Vikings. Yeah, I think so too. But again, you know, there's, I'm sure, plenty of players that are about to get cut or ones that the Packers just did that would have preferred to stay. Um, as well. I thought it interesting too, that Dalvin cook is not super high. I know they just gave him a monster deal, but it feels like they did a really nice job to spread that cap hit around over the next couple of seasons or a lot of guaranteed, you know, upfront money. I think the big question that I have for you is, do you think that franchise tagging Anthony Harris is something that the Vikings would do? I don't know if they would, but I think that they absolutely should. And I I know that you and I maybe have different viewpoints on this, and that's something that we'll talk about on other shows. But just kind of, to me, I'm not like a huge fan of the franchise tag, especially like with what Dak Prescott went through and, you know, some players that have kind of been through the ringer as far as the franchise tag. But this is a year where it kind of makes sense. It's almost like a one-year rental. And if they can get Anthony Harris to come play for them for a decent price and then let him go test free agency elsewhere and make a team that can pay him, you still are getting him for one year. And he's a really good player that you'd want to keep on your roster. What if I told you that the cap hit is 11 million? I would still do it. Yeah. It all just depends on how much they can free up if they do restructure Kirk Cousins. So there's like a lot of ifs here, but I agree. It feels like a player you want to keep around for another season. For sure. Do you have any, any final thoughts on the Vikings other than the fact that we hope that they're still on the bottom of the division or should we shift to the Detroit Lions? Uh, Let's talk about the Lions because I think this is a really interesting one, right? They're 8.365 over the cap right now. So not horrible. Um, But they're, they're definitely in a rebuild, right? They just traded away Matt Stafford. Now they have Jared Goff and they're taking on a lot of that hit, right? For, for Goff. 
Um, it feels like not having a lot of cap space in a rebuild is risky. It, it doesn't feel like a good situation. Then you're putting a lot of eggs in the draft basket. And every single one of the Lions wide receivers are a free agent this season. So wow. they have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., and Danny Amendola. So there's no way that they keep that core intact for Goff to throw to. If anything, they can maybe keep one. Um, or they have all their wide receivers hitting the open market. So this is just like a, a bad situation turned worse, in my opinion, where this rebuild period for the Lions is just going to be a little bit longer than I think Lions fans or the franchise want it to be. Yeah. And I mean, having to pay for Jared Goff as well. I still, I mean, honestly, when I go on Lions websites and news and I see Jared Goff instead of Matt Stafford, it still kind of throws me for a loop. I'm still really adjusting to that and getting used to that. But yeah, I mean, he definitely doesn't feel like a long-term option. It kind of feels like the the Lions just did what they needed to do to be fair to Matt Stafford. And I think they'll definitely draft somebody to kind of be the quarterback of the future for them. Jared Goff doesn't feel like the guy, but Obviously, his dead cap hit is absolutely insane going into this year. And another player that I'm curious your thoughts on, I know there's no way that they could absolutely like cut him or restructure him even, but Trey Flowers, he was like a huge name free agent when he signed with the Lions, kind of followed Matt Patricia. It seemed like it was going to be like this happy marriage for the Lions and... He's got a dead cap of $26 million, and the production on the field hasn't necessarily matched that. So, I mean... Do you think that we're going to see players on the Lions restructure? Or do you think that they're, I guess, okay enough that they'll just work with what they have and try and bring back some of their homegrown guys? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be the latter, right? Like, they just got a bunch of picks from from the Rams. Um, they're probably going to have a... I think they're in the top 10 for the draft. This, seventh. They're seventh. Okay. Yeah, I just right. So... They have a lot of options, but that also, again, means you have to hit on those draft picks. So... Um, I think it would be smart of them to potentially try to restructure or there is going to be some guys who are serious cap cap casualties. Uh, it's interesting because they're very like top heavy. So their yeah. first, their top kind of like five or six guys have the highest. And then the rest of the roster is very reasonable. So they would just have to figure out what to do with those top guys. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a big, big draft year for the Lions. Yeah. And I mean, this is one of those things, it's the exact same situation where, you know, the Packers have some of those guys too, where you're investing in draft picks that are playing key roles for your franchise. And the same way that the Packers right now have Jair Alexander locked up on a still rookie contract, like that is a steal of a price tag, Elton Jenkins too. The Lions right now have Jeff Akuda under a really cheap price tag going into his second year. They have TJ Hawkinson as tight end one with no wide receivers on the roster. So, you know, these players that are making teams in the NFL are playing really key vital roles for these franchises. And I think we've talked about this on previous shows that this year more so than any, this is the year that you need to rely on those guys and you need to have yeah. successful drafts because the free agent market just is not sustainable this year. Do you think that the Lions bring back any of their free agent wide receivers? Like, do we see Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola back? It's Or is this like a complete redo? Because, you know, at least for Kenny Galladay, like that's Stafford's guy, you yeah. know, and now Stafford's gone and Kenny Galladay's a free agent and he might be like, you know what? 
I think it's time for me to just test the open market because he's, I think, one of the better free agent wide receivers out there who could definitely garner a nice contract. And I know we're going to jump to the Bears in a second, talk about Allen Robinson, but those two, to me, feel like the guys um, that most teams would want. Yeah, and I mean, I'm on spot track right now, and if you look at kind of their like like their estimated market values, the calculated market values. Um, Kenny Galladay is like a $17 million market value right now. Marvin Jones, 10 million. They're the two highest paid, you know, free agents on the team. So it's kind of hard given their situation to think of them coming back. And, you know, I just, I don't know if Danny Amendola really is like the cog that makes their offense run. And they, you know, they have Geronimo Allison coming back potentially from his, uh, his opt out year. So I I do think that it's going to be like an entirely new offense and not even the wide receivers. You've got Jared Goff now throwing the football. So that that offense is just going to be completely different looking. I think in 2021, no recognizable weapons outside of maybe TJ Hawkinson. That's so crazy. It's really the turnover in, in the league is it's really something. Um, All right, let's jump to the all time rival. (laughs) The Chicago Bears, um, they have the best situation in the North at the moment, um, but they also have a decent amount of question marks, right? So the Bears are about two and a half million over the cap, which essentially to me sounds like they're golden. (laughs) Uh, They don't have that much to do. They're great. But like I mentioned, right, they're number one guy. They're probably not even probably their best offensive weapon in Allen Robinson is a free agent. Yeah. Um, You said it earlier. He's garnering like about 20 million um, on the open market and just there's, I don't, I, I mean, maybe the bears would do that to keep him, uh, to be honest, if I was him, I would get the heck out of Chicago and actually go play for a team where he's not getting thrown 50, 50 balls all the time. And, you know, can maybe win some games, win a playoff game. He's just such a great wide receiver. Like go, go get your money, go get all the options. Um, I thought it interesting and and this is another potential restructure that Khalil Mack is the highest cap hit on the Bears yeah. right now at 26.6, 26.7. That's a lot of money for not a quarterback. Like a lot of money for not a quarterback. Obviously, they're not cutting Khalil Mack. That would be crazy. Probably not going to trade Khalil Mack because they traded for him and gave up a lot for him. So that, to me, jumped out as a potential restructure. Same with Kyle Fuller at 20. So wondering your thoughts there and uh, the ultimate quarterback question as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes it so funny is like we're talking about Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff and Matt Stafford leaving and Aaron Rodgers restructuring. And then it's like, oh, you know, where what's going to happen in Chicago? We kind of thought maybe they were in the Carson Wentz sweepstakes and it sounded like they were willing to give up a significant amount for him. Um, Nick Foles, and this is this hysterical to me. I thought it was my poor eyesight, but on spot track, his uh, cap hit is six, 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 um, for Nick Foles. So that kind of tells That's you what the quarterback, yeah, it's, it's what the quarterback situation has been since, I don't know, the eighties for the bears. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're going to see the bears go into the season with Nick Foles and a drafted quarterback. I think Nick Foles is probably going to be the starter and maybe they'll develop somebody, mm. but I mean, there's a, like you said, there's uh, the first five players for this Bears defense, and that's why it's so damn good for as far as cap hits are concerned, are defenders. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised 
like you look at Keem Hicks, his cap hits $12 million, but a dead cap of only a million like that. Akeem Hicks is staying, you know, I don't really see anything happening there, but Robert Quinn has a dead cap of almost $24 million. And that was a huge investment that the bears made. I had said on this very show that I thought he was going to be like the best free agent signing of the NFC North opposite Khalil Mack. And then he didn't necessarily have a very fantastic season that would warrant what, what his cap hit is at right now. So I could see a lot of these guys getting restructured to maybe hit more towards what their value is for the team. But um curious your thoughts now on tight end Jimmy Graham, whose cap hit is 10 million, but has a dead cap of only 3 million. I was looking at that. Uh, yeah, Jimmy could definitely be a cap casualty if they decide that their one year experiment on him has concluded and they have their results. Um, they also, you know, they drafted Cole Komet, who they, I assume hope you would hope would be your number one guy, young guy got a year behind Jimmy. Now we can do that, clear out some space. It's, it's the it's the top cap hit guys for me, then you mentioned it, that really just showcase like the entire problem with the Bears, which is yep. that they have their quote unquote, you know, drafted early franchise quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who's a free agent. Nobody knows if he's coming back, but the guys, the top five guys that they're paying are all in the defense. And it's just like that epitomizes the Bears to me yeah. in a way that is both sad and comical because I get why you would want to invest in Cleo Mack, Kyle Fuller, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson. Like those are those that that's the core of your defense right there, but you don't have a quarterback and your number one wide receiver is also a free agent. And so how are you going to win games in a year where nobody has any money and they don't have a high enough draft pick to get one of the top guys this season. It's just, it's such a, it's such a bad situation. And uh, also makes me grateful that the Packers structure themselves the way that they do. Yeah. And I mean, especially, you know, you had just said it, trading away draft picks to get a guy like Khalil Mack. Obviously the talent was there the first year, but you're giving away a lot of assets that, you know, first round picks could have been a quarterback that wasn't Mitchell Trubisky. So there's like a lot of things here where this is why teams that kind of are in the middle of the road, like, yes, it was Anytime you can squeak into the playoffs, you want to do that. The Packers obviously did it as a six seed and won the Super Bowl. But I know from being so close to the Illinois border, having a lot of Bears fans, friends, they're pissed, right? Like you you are doing just enough to keep yourself in a situation that you're going to have a really hard time digging yourself out of. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing from them. Yeah. And you hear about, you know, everyone's talking about the draft right now, obviously getting prepared to you know, talk about and figure out which players they think are going to go to which teams. And a lot of what I've been hearing around the league is that this year is the year. If you need a quarterback, you got to take them this year because next year's draft class is not very good. And obviously we know that the 2021 college football season could produce somebody that nobody's talking about at the moment, but that's a huge gamble for a team like the bears who are lower on the draft board than I think they would want to be if they wanted to take a quarterback, don't have the draft capital to potentially trade up. And if they do, they're giving away even more future first round picks, which is what they did for Cleo Mack. And then they don't have necessarily next season to fall back on if they think that Nick Foles can be a stopgap quarterback. So it's just, they've put themselves in a really deep quarterback hole, in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's part of the reason that we saw them 
when the rumors, again, they're rumors, you know, it's trade bait, whatever, we're hearing things. But with Carson Wentz, it was like, hey, we can give you players because we do not have the draft capital to give you what you want. And I think that's why Indy lucked out with that situation where they were able to get a, a quarterback that maybe needed a change of scenery. And it's hard. I mean, I know this is kind of going on a tangent, but hearing like Russell Wilson saying like maybe he would play for the Bears and, you know, who knows if there's any truth to that. But like just the the thought of, the Bears are going to have to really get lucky, like you said, to get themselves into a decent quarterback situation because right now it is just looking really challenging to for them to either take a top-tier talent in the draft or end up trading for somebody because they just don't have the means to trade up or trade for a valuable player. And nobody has any cap space this year or money in order to sign like a big-name free agent quarterback. Um, yeah. I feel for the sh- people who root for the Chicago Bears because yes, great. They say defenses win championships, but you don't get to championships without a quarterback. So you need you both. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> any like kind of final thoughts about this? I know we've talked about the cap a lot. I-, I think it's just interesting to put in perspective where the Packers are in relation to other teams because it feels when you're so bubbled into focusing on one team, it can feel sometimes like the Packers are in a really, really bad situation when they aren't necessarily in a good situation, but it's not the worst and they have sort of a means to get out of it. Yeah. And I think that's really well said. That's kind of along my thought process as well, where, you know, it it might seem like the Packers have an uphill climb, but we've talked all the time about the magic of Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst. And like, this is what draft and develop means is the Packers are always in contention now, but they're also planning ahead for the future. And I think going through and talking about the rest of the NFC North, we're seeing that we're with some teams that don't necessarily have a plan for now and they don't necessarily have the assets to plan for later either. So be fortunate, Packers fans, that you are in this situation. And, you know, the Packers will be contending for the NFC North next season. Like, we can wholeheartedly say that they'll be contending for a Super Bowl next season. The bones are there for the team. Not that much is going to change regardless of whether they bring in players or who they draft. So, yeah, the Packers are in a good spot, and the rest of the NFC North is kind of not, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I think that, like, all teams are going to have to make some serious tough decisions and that includes all of the Packers opponents so if the Packers if everyone is doing that right I think the Packers are still clearly the top of the division I don't see any reason at this current moment why they won't win the division and and be the division favorites in this offseason especially if a lot of the players you know the big name free agents that we talked about on the show today don't end up back with with the teams Yeah, and I think, you know, the same way the Packers fans are really upset about losing Corey Lindsley and Aaron Jones, and if that happens, of course, and maybe not being able to sign J.J. Watt or whatever happens, you know, we're also going to see maybe a Bears offense without Allen Robinson or a Lions offense without Kenny Galladay. So every team is going to have to make those choices. Maybe the Vikings don't franchise tag and bring back Anthony Harris, and their defense looks different opposite Harrison Smith. So, yeah, it's not just the Packers, and I think that that's important for fans to remember. Right. Okay. Yeah, we did it. That was, that was a good quick show about the salary cap. That is not, I guess, that entertaining to talk about, but it does serve as a good reminder for everyone listening that every team does it and every team has to manage it. Yep. All right, Maggie, everyone can follow you on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. 
and read your work at Cheesehead TV. <laughs> and you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. I feel like everyone listening knows how to find us at this oh, point yeah. and knows all of our work. So just follow us on Twitter and follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast. Uh, we are going to have some really fun guests coming up. Uh, we have a pretty exciting announcement to make coming up that we're not quite ready to say, but <laughs> just follow the podcast on Twitter and, and you'll get all of those really exciting updates from us. We're really looking forward to what this off season is going to bring. Also a belated thank you all for listening for the past year. We realized yeah. that we reached our one year and didn't really realize. And I just think it's, <laughs> it's crazy and fun and wild that we've been doing this for that long. And we appreciate everybody that's, that's tuned in to us for an entire year. Yeah. Here's to the next, next year and well beyond. So thank you for listening. Go pack, go. Pack, go. And Jones out in front. They're trying to chase him down. Is 